world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. And you know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It is time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, good morning. This is amazing. I'm sitting here right now in my multi-million dollar studio. This touches my heart so much. And I can hear my wife upstairs screaming, doing spiritual warfare over our family. I wish you guys could hear that. She probably wouldn't want you to. So I I love that that little brunette. She's something, man. She's something. Hey, welcome. I think I said that. Uh, I'm a little worn out, to be honest with you. I had a, had, a, had, a, had a busy day yesterday and weekend, of course, trying to catch up from, you know, trying to catch up from everything that happened on the weekend. And, and uh, yeah, I woke up in the middle of the night last night and yada, yada, yada. So, so bear with me if I'm not at the top of my game, although we're always at our top, top of our game here at Coach Dave Live, as you all know. Appreciate you all, all tuning in. Uh, look, you got you to, I think Spencer's, I think it's the Bridie on show yesterday. If you guys didn't get a chance to see it, Spence, I don't know. Can you pull that up? I think maybe Jared posted it. Our Bridie on show with Dr. With Dr. Charles Thurston yesterday. Uh, I don't see it. I don't see it up there yet. We want, uh, we want to get it up there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Folks, listen, I'm telling you, I've known Chuck, I've known Chuck for a long time. He was, um, he was on, when I was on radio way back in the early two thousands at WRFD in Columbus, Chuck was a, an emergency room doctor who read the Bible too much, way too much. That's how he identified himself. Emergency room doctor who read the Bible way too much. And he had a he had a, a website called Evidences. And the Bible's true and I can prove it. That was that was his theme. And I hadn't I hadn't spoken to Chuck in I, I, a long time and find out he here he battled cancer, made it, made it uh, survived cancer, yada, yada, yada. And he has been on the forefront of fighting. Uh he is not not lying, he not lying. He has saved dozens of people from COVID, dozens, literally dozens from COVID. He knows what's going on. And yesterday on the show, boy, he went through and he exposed, he exposed everything that's going on in the, in the emergency rooms and the money behind it. And uh, it was really, really good. So we'll put that in the chat. And I just suggested that you uh, take time to listen to that. I'm going to have him back on. I I asked him if he'd get up early in the morning. He said he would, and he's a, uh, he's a real trooper. So I I just, um, um, Encourage you, man. <laughs> uh, nothing, hey, nothing hidden that will not be revealed. There's nothing hidden that will not be revealed. And uh, it's really good. Hey, I want, I want to jump into something here real quick as we get rolling. Because this came from my wife this morning. And uh, I, I, get up about, I get up an hour or so before Michelle does. And I do some study and some, some other stuff to get prepared for the show. And I just want to show you how the Holy Spirit works. and. Uh, I was really, I, I've got some good stuff to share with you, but I, I was really having, was having a hard time getting a real beat on where I wanted to go. I, I mean, I said, Lord, how do I go here? I actually do that, believe it or not. And Lord, do I go here? Do I go there? And, and 
just as I was getting ready to come down, I have the show put together. And just as I was getting ready to come down the show, Michelle said something that's so profound. She said, uh, so many people are so angry. And boom, Vinny. Boom. That, that, that just touched me so deeply. I can't, I can't tell you. So many people carry so much anger. Uh-oh, uh-oh, wait a minute. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Now, you guys know what I'm talking about. There's some people out there. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm just a truth teller today. We are all flawed people. Do you understand that? Ain't none of us got it all together. Ain't none of us. And all of us have buttons that you can push. And some people become good at pushing buttons. But the reality of it is, so many of us live our lives looking in the rearview mirror. Hang on. I always use this line. That's why the automakers were so successful. Or why the auto workers were smarter than most, most Americans. Why the auto workers were smarter than most Christians. Because when they built a car, they gave you a real, a real t- a great big windshield and a real tiny rearview mirror. Because it was so much more important where you were going rather than where you've been. Hey, Vinny, that's a boom. But the problem is, all of us are tempted to drive down the road of life looking in the rearview mirror. Boom. There's, there's an old saying out there that hurt people hurt people. Hurt people bleed. Infections ooze. And this will take a lot of introspection on your own self and my self. I'm speaking to myself, speaking to my wife. How quickly, oh, Lord, thank you. How quickly for many of us, anger and resentment is the default position. So somebody somebody say amen. Huh? Come on. Amen. I'm, I'm just telling you the truth. Amen. I'm just telling you the truth. Because you can get in a conversation with some people. Amen. All, all of us at certain times. But you can get in conversation with some people, and it won't take a minute and a half until they're telling you what happened to them in the past. As if that's got anything to do with where you are today. I could come on here every day and tell you, I could run down, you want me to come in here every day and run down a litany of things that happened to me in about a six-year period? You want, you want, would you even want to watch this show if I did that? Kept coming back and said, this guy did this, and then this guy did this. And I was really counting on this guy, and then he did this. And then this guy did this. And then this guy said, yeah, coach, I remember what you said. Because when I was there, this happened to me too. And then you go into this litany of all these people who peed in your, pooped in your pool. And can I be honest with you? I'm sorry, but I don't care who pooped in your pool. You want to see my pool? Huh? You want to see my pool? And... We say we forgive, but we don't. I often tell Michelle, I love my wife so much. I said, honey, there's something really, really unique about you because you're so quick to forgive. 
but you never forget. <laughs> Meaning Amen. Mom, she says she forgives me, and then the next time I do it again, rah, she's back at me, right? I said, I thought you forgave me for that. <laughs> right? But listen, I'm not, I, listen now. It caused a wounding. Whatever that was, I, I can tell you right now, if somebody named, if Coach Norm was in here or it's one of my coaches, if they would name a name, I can tell you, resentment would raise up inside of me. Of people who did, did me wrong, resentment would rise up. And it's not a good feeling. Because the resentment rides up, and I want to I wanna bleed on somebody. Anybody out there know what I'm talking about? I want to bleed. And a lot of us, all of us, I'm 70, man. I've had a lot of wax taken at me. Can I tell you this? I've taken a lot of wax, though, too. <laughs> <There's> this, <laughs> I've hurt as many people as have hurt me, right? <clears throat> and I think, you know, God, I hope I, I got invited again to uh, first time. Actually, I spoke about it a couple weeks ago. My fraternity brothers, 50 from 50 years ago, however long it would have been, a long time ago. Uh, they're having a, they had a get together and they didn't invite me. I think I told you that. You know, it would have been easier for me to sit around and whine and suckle my thumb and, uh, and moan and thinking, how can, how can my fraternity brothers get together and have a, how can they have a party without me? I was, I was, hell, I was some life in the party. How could they, how could they possibly have, right? And so I said, well, you know, it's probably my faith. They probably think I'm, uh, you know, what, whatever. And, so I, I could have taken great resentment at that. I could have. Because I'm going to tell you, that that monster wanted to rear his head. That oh, oh me, oh my guy. Anybody know that song? Oh me, oh my. That, huh? That guy wanted to stick his head up. Say, poor is me. Oh, woe, woe is me. No, I, I, didn't, I didn't let it happen. I thought, Lord, thanks, thanks for blocking me from that. Uh, again, and then yesterday, two days ago, they're having another one and somehow... I'm invited this time. Evidently, I just left off the email last night. I don't know, right? right. So you say, Coach, where are you going? Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. Because there's a big difference between forgiving and forgetting. There's a big difference. And many of you have forgiven, you say, but you haven't forgotten. And that's why when Jesus... After um, I don't know where the scripture is. I don't have it. Bear with me a second. Don't have it in front of me. But uh, after they'd crucified Jesus, all all the disciples uh, got together and they were hiding in an upper room. You guys remember that? They were hiding in the upper room and they're telling doubting Thomas. They're telling Thomas <clears throat> everything that had happened. And I'm sorry. Uh, that Jesus had appeared to them, and they're they're there that night, and they're they're discussing it. Yeah, you know, Jesus showed up, and they didn't believe it. And they argued back and forth, and <clears throat> all of a sudden, uh, doubting Thomas, we call him doubting Thomas, but really he's us. He's all of us, right? Thomas said, "You know what? <clears throat> That's all good, boys and girls. But if I can, until I can put my hands in his, my finger in his hands, and I can put my finger in his side." I ain't going to believe it. And what happens? Boom, he comes in through the wall, right? Jesus appears in the wall. Comes, comes right through the wall, comes in, sits down. 
And he goes over to Thomas, puts his hands up. And what did Thomas say? Oh, my Lord and my God. And what was Jesus' response? He says, blessed are those who believe and have not seen. Boom. Right? Anybody can believe something right in front of them. Anybody can. And I was reminded of of this, that uh, one of the things that we have to do well, I've said this before. If I were to ask you right now, anybody got, anybody got a scar you can show me on your body? Anybody show me a scar? You want me to stand up and show you my uh, my uh, appendicitis scar right here? Used to be smaller before I was so fat. Got an appendicitis scar there. I got a scar here on my arm. And you know what a scar is? Anybody got a scar? Clay, you got any scars? A daring young man on that flying trapeze. Cut your head a couple times, huh? Anybody else say anybody had their appendix removed or had some type of surgery? Anybody can anybody have to show me a scar? <clears throat> I think y'all can. But hopefully, whatever that surgery was that you had, hopefully that I'm glad that my appendicitis isn't still oozing. I, I had appendicitis, I don't know, 40 years ago? How old am I, 70? Yeah, probably 35 years ago. I'm sure glad that every day when I get up, my, my scar isn't oozing. Because a scar is nothing more than evidence of a wound. That's all it is. It's evidence, proof you were wounded. But... All of us, I'm talking, if we want to be free, if we really want to be free, then we are going to have to stop, number one, driving down the road, looking in the rearview mirror. And we've got to quit showing people our wounds. Now, it's okay to have the wound. But here's what I want to do. I want to, I want to show you my wound and say, look. I had appendicitis. Look at that thing. Wow. But now I'm healed. My appendix don't bother me at all anymore. And thank God that they went in there and cut that thing out. And let me show you this. I used to have this problem over here on this arm. And you won't believe it. It used to bleed everywhere. And oh, look at it now. Doesn't my arm's good as new? And I broke my wrist when I was a little kid. And they came along and they set that thing. And boy, that thing's good, good, good. But see, if your mindset is every time you hear about a wound, you want to talk about your broken wrist that you had when you're 12 years old, then you haven't got forgiveness. You haven't got, you have not been released. You're supposed, to t- you're supposed to turn your wounds into scars rather than bleeding on everybody. Say, oh, yeah, let me show you how bad mine was. Oh, yeah, let me tell you about when I broke my arm. Oh, yeah, yeah, you want to know something? Carrie Made, Carrie Made, uh, this weekend, you know, she fell out of a plane. Boom. She, they, had a, she had, they had a plane crash. Dropped right out of the sky. And she broke her leg. When she woke up, came to, she looked down at her leg, and her leg, her foot was facing the exact wrong direction. And I said, how do you survive that, Carrie? And she said, well, I just jumped into my 
doctor mode. And I just acted like it wasn't my leg. I kept telling myself it wasn't my leg. <clears throat> and uh, they told me I had a broken back and I, you know, and I said, you know, anyway, anyway, I saw her this weekend. She's walking around really, really good. I said, Carrie, how's your, how's your leg? She said, oh, it's, it's good. As, it's good as new. It's good as new. She didn't sit me down and take me through the whole, whole ordeal of how it was broken and what it looked like. And sometimes it still aches. She said, oh, no, thank God it's healed. Hey, folks, I'll ask you something. Are you healed? Or are you still bleeding? Are you healed or are you still bleeding? A lot of bleeding going on, man. And uh, I try to tell this with my wife all the time. I love my wife. I don't know if I've said that yet tonight. My wife wants to bear everybody's burdens. She wants, she wants to. My wife feels the pains of her children. Anybody, can anybody relate to that? She feels it. She really feels it. Amen. And it's hard for her to let that go because she loves so deeply, right? But I keep telling her, I'm not making fun of you, Michelle. Man, you got to let that go. You got to let that go. You can't carry that. Hey, folks. Can I tell you the truth? There's some people. <clears throat> I'd rather choke than pray for. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You have any of those in your life? Huh? Got any of those in your life? <clears throat> but I don't carry resentment. I don't carry resentment. And, uh, you know, without without it getting too personal, that wouldn't be personal. Uh, my wife just mentioned to me somebody that we know who for the most part went to their grave angry. You guys anybody, know anybody like that? Went to the grave angry. And I just want, I just want to say to, to all of us out there, including me, I, I got a lot of stuff I'm mad about. I got a lot of stuff I'm mad about, but I, I'm not, I'm not going to be controlled by it. I'm not, I refuse to be controlled by unrighteous anger. I'll be controlled by righteous anger. There's some things y'all to be pissed about. But if your if your anger and your resentment is over what your ex husband did to you 20 years ago, dude, get oh I should do that. Get over it, will you? Will you please get out of that default mode? Will you please reboot? Because whether you know it or not, you carry that with you everywhere you go. And as I said again by my wife, she forgives, but she never forgets. She never forgets, right? So you're in a prison. You're in a prison. Anger, resentment are prisons. Because I'm being controlled or you're being controlled or whoever is being controlled by somebody that doesn't even know that you're upset about it. And so the guy who screwed me over, I can name his name. The guy who who screwed me over in in London and put us through all that mess. By the way, thank God for him, actually. Because hadn't he done that, I wouldn't be where I am today, right? (laughs) Really, that's hard to do. Hey, hey, dude, thanks for screwing me over. Thank you, man. Look look where I am now, right? But I got to Amen, coach. Huh? I'm good, but I got to tell you, when I think of him, it ain't good thoughts. I'll just be honest with you. 
but I'm not going to let him control. I'm not going to let that guy control me. He doesn't even know I'm thinking about him. Why would I be thinking about him? When I do that, and I let that, that thing ooze, I let that scab ooze, or I pick that scab, he's in control of me. And the joy of the Lord's not my strength anymore. It's not. And I said, Lord, maybe, maybe his sin isn't under the blood, but it is as relates to me. I don't want that. I don't want that resentment. I don't want that anger. I don't want that hatred. I don't want that revenge. I don't want any part of that, Lord. I only want to have righteous anger. Lord, I want to what, hold your ears. Lord, whatever pisses you off, I want that to piss me off. Mm. But I don't want other stuff to piss me off. And I just, I'm, I'm just, I just, I just, I just, I just come into it all the time, all the time of nothing more than a replay of an old tape recording of what you've been through, what's happened, what happened. Well, this happened and God, it's like a play-by-play. So just write a book and I'll read it, okay? Next time we get together, don't talk about it. Just give me the book and then you won't have to talk about it. Because whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are, you are where you are because of what you've been through. And like I said, the guy who... who <laughs> See, that resentment comes up. I, I can't, I want to say his name, I want to say it. I, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. What he did propelled me to where I am. In fact, you got, I ought to give you guys uh, his address and you all write him a card for screwing me over or I wouldn't be here. You, you with me? So what happens to you in life is not nearly as important as what you do with what happened to you in life. Anybody out there a new creation in Christ? I'm a new, I'm a new creation in Christ. And so all that stuff that happened to me, it didn't happen to me. It happened to some other dead guy. Why do I, why do I carry that? Why do I want to replay that movie? Why do I want to replay, want to replay that movie? Huh? Stop it. Stop it. You're victorious. You're over it. You're past it. You're past it. Revenge? Yeah, I want revenge, but vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. We all will get our due. We all will get our due. Will we ever? Well, can I tell you something? There are some people right now. I don't know if I could be ever. I don't know if I could ever say a kind word to again. I still have that in me. I still do. I don't know if I could ever say a kind word to them. But I don't dwell on it. And I don't, uh, I don't let it control my attitude. I said, you know what? That dummy didn't know what he was doing. He's going to have to deal with the Lord, not me. <clears throat> so I want to encourage you. I'm trying to encourage you. Because, uh, look, uh, pull up unforgiveness there, Spence. Pull up unforgiveness. <laughs> Hey, folks, we're going to pray here in a second. I want to give you some Bible verses about unforgiveness. Just going down there. Scrolling down, Spence, they'll pop up. Hang hang on, I'm going to stop right right there a minute. I want you to right now, right now, right now, all of you out there right now. I want you to call call to mind somebody did you wrong. Could be a situation, could be a person, it could be a football coach, it could 
And every time you hear that name, you get that feeling. Because the Bible says, uh, if God can forgive you and remove your sin debt, then why can't you forgive others? It's a good question, right? I'm not going to read down through all this. You guys can go Go on down the next one. Go on down. Colossians, excuse me, I'm sorry. Got a frog swing. Be tolerant of one another and forgive each other. If anyone has a complaint against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, you also forgive. What if the Lord, what if the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, every time you did something again, said, there you go, coach. <laughs> Damn, coach. Damn. I don't know if I can forgive you that one, coach. John 1, nine. if we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We want him to forgive us. Keep going. What does the Bible say about unforgiveness? Lord, how many times may my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? He said, no, man, 49 times. 70 times seven. Because forgiveness is in your heart. Leviticus, do not bear a grudge against others, but settle your differences with them, so that you will not commit a sin because of them. Do not take revenge on others. Mark says, forgive anything you may alter, and there you remember that your brother has something against you. I'm sorry. Leave your gift at the altar and go to your brother and apologize. Hmm? And people say this. I hear this a lot. You you hear this a lot. Well, he won't, he won't ask for forgive. He won't ask me to forgive him. So he does. Well, okay. That's on you, dude. That's on you. I know this. <clears throat> a relationship will never be restored until both of you forgive. Both of you. Don't uh, <clears throat> when you forgive someone, when you forgive someone, I do too. Indeed, what have I forgiven them? If there was anything to forgive, I did it in the presence of the Messiah. I don't know what this even says. See, this is you know what I don't like about some of these things. Why can't they use the King James Version so it makes sense? So I can get a feel for it. Be angry and sin not. And do not let the sun set while you're angry. It's not what it says. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. And don't give the devil an opportunity to work. Hmm? Topos. Position of opportunity. Unforgiveness. Resentment. It's poison. Say it again. It's poison. Hmm. Get evenism. It'll kill you, baby. Get evenism. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And you guys know this. You know, I I can get as pissed as anybody can. But I want, I want to be pissed about the right thing. I don't have time to let others who've done me wrong occupy my brain. I don't I don't have I don't I don't have time for it. Amen. <clears throat> so I'm going I'm gonna pray for us here today. By the way, when we take uh, communion on Friday, that's what we're supposed to do, right? Forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. And truth is, is a lot of us haven't done that. So I just want you to take a, uh, 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 right now, I just want you to take a moment in your mind and just think, Lord, who am I resentful towards? And the Holy Spirit will bring that person. Bring that, that boss, that, Whatever, that coach that screwed you up when you were 12. 
Just ask the Lord right now. Lord, just take that away from me. I don't want that, Lord. You know who it is. Lord, just ask right now. That is, uh, these, these dear people say that they forgive, Lord, that they would mean it, Lord. You said in your word that you, as far as the east is from the west, you're going to cast it away, that memory. And Lord, even though those memories do seem to burrow into our minds, we don't want it, Lord. We don't want that poison. We don't want that oozing sore. We don't want that scab picked. We don't want to bleed on others. We just ask, Lord, as hard as it would be, Lord, uh, help us to forgive those who've trespassed against us. Set us free. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, I saw, I saw something uh, the other day. I, I was scrolling through Facebook. Oh, wait, I got some hands up here. Maybe I, whoops, I didn't even notice it. Oh, no, that's not it. That, that's, that's it. Okay, as I was scrolling through Facebook, yeah, I do that every once in a while. And I tried to show you yesterday, but couldn't. Spencer, see if you can go to, go to just go to Facebook. I started scrolling down. This is going to be offensive to some of you. I don't care. I started scrolling down Facebook. And of course, now everybody is advertising their Easter Sunday services. Everybody. Of course, I can't find them today, but I'm telling you yesterday on mine, one after another, after another, after another, after come, we have an Easter egg hunt, come. All, all these reasons to come to church that had nothing to do with the gospel, to be honest, honest with you, right? It was promotions. It was promotions of why you ought to come to the church. And then I saw something else that was really, really kind of caught me, really caught me. You can, we're not finding it. See, that's why something goes on with Facebook, doesn't it? Somehow, when it's on my computer, I get different things on my Facebook computer than what he gets on. Isn't that something? We're both on my Facebook page, but he's getting a different feed than I'm getting. You guys with me? You understand what I'm saying? And here's what I saw. Really? Yeah, algorithms. Thanks, Angie. Here's what I saw. Oh, I hate that. What happened? Whatever happened to seasoned veterans in the pulpit? Boom. I scroll down through, I could show you on my feed. There are all these young 35-year-old hip guys. And they say, well, coach, they're trying to reach the young generation. I say, yeah, reach them with what? Easter eggs? Come here and be part of our family? Over and over and over. And I'm watching this stuff. I said, Lord, where are the where are the seasoned veterans? Where are the guys? Where are they? And see the Joel Osteens of the world and the T.D. Jakes, fakes, and these guys who make these multi, multi, they've become like movie stars. And so then young pastors come along and they want to be movie stars. And dare I say it? Yes, I will. They want to pass their ministry on to their son. What? Family business? The heck? They're passing the business. They're passing on a family business. And we're in a world, if, if you just would watch some of these things, I, I look, I made note to it. I just got to do it, okay? <clears throat> I want you to add, think about this. What are you looking for in a pastor? 
When you when you and your husband, even at a young age, I'm, so I'll try to go back a few years. What when Michelle and I both got saved, we came to Christ. I thought, what am I looking for in a pastor? And you know what I you know where I found ourselves? We had us a celebrity pastor. A celebrity pastor. Not a guy that I could go fishing with, smoke a cigar with if I wanted to. I had me a celebrity pastor. I had me one who probably had been to those how to start a church seminars. Anybody know what I'm talking about? How to grow a church seminars. All the right programs that you have that get to draw the people in. And that's why the, the, in the family in particular, the focus has gone from the father being the priest of the home to the pastor. Uh-oh, I'm, I'm treading on some dangerous territory right now. Can I tell you the truth? To a lot of you, dads, men, to a lot of you, your pastor is the father of your children, the spiritual father of your children. Because why? Same thing I harp on here every day. There's never been any demand or anything teaching you how to be a godly father and a godly man in this society in which we live. We're all being taught on how to navigate through it without getting any cuts. Somebody say amen or are you mad at me? Amen. amen. And so that's what that's what we that's why that's why we're so ineffective. We're so ineffective. Just just I wish you could see my feed. Can, can I can I say it? Can can I say this, Paul? I I scrolled down my Facebook, and I see the most sissy of men being pastors. Anybody know Amen. what I'm talking about? Amen, uh, Coach. It's the image of Christianity. Some young guy with three children. Oh my goodness! I'm, I want a seasoned vet. I want I want to flip Benham. I want a guy that's been on the front lines of the war to show me how a Christian man lives. But we get Christian men who act like women. And so men go to church and they sit there and their wife becomes a spiritual head of the house. I'll, I'll shut up. I, gotta, I just got to get that. I just had to get that off my chest. Okay. Huh? Look, look. Yeah, you can become a pastor for 1995 and get a certificate. You can. You can. Hey, guys, you're the head of your house. You are. You're the head of your house. Not your pastor. Don't put that burden on any man. Don't ever put that burden on any man. Uh, coach can teach you how to play, but you you got to play the damn game. You either tackle or you don't tackle. You either catch a pass or you don't catch a pass. You can't go run into your pastor and let him rub your back and tell you how brave a guy that you've been. Pastor needs to be able to look you in the eye and say, hey, Clay, listen, I love you. But, dude, you have dropped the freaking ball. Okay, dude. Uh, uh, look, look, I, I'm sorry if you don't want to hear it, but it ain't your wife's fault. It's your fault. It's not your kid's fault. It's your fault, Clay. It's your fault. Now, do we want to – I'm not picking on you, Clay. I just see on my screen. Now, we want to get this thing right. If you want to get this thing right, dude, well, then we're going to, they're going to be some, <laughs> got to do some serious shoveling, dude. You got to do some serious repair work because the problem isn't those around you. Problem is you. I'm talking to men. I'm talking to men. 
And it'll be a shock, by the way, probably to your wives. Because all of a sudden, you want to grab the reins and you want to be in control of the family when you ain't done crap for the last 20 years. And now all of a sudden, you want to be chief? No. It takes a humbling when you sit down with your wife and look her in the eyes and say, I've failed. I've failed you and I've failed our children. Because I've done that, because I love you, I'm going to do my best to pick up the baton and run with it. And I need you to come alongside me and encourage me not keep tripping me up. Am I hitting anybody today? Amen. Am I hitting anybody today? Because when you get into a relationship, my, my wife and I, 43 years we've been in, hey, there's things that she does and then there's things that you guys, we know, the give and take, the give and take, right? Uh, she's comfortable doing this and I'm comfortable doing that, the give and take of a relationship. Well, there's, there's places in my life where I've given when I should have taken. B- Vinny, that was a boom. I've given responsibility when I should have taken it. And as a result, I look around and everything is in disorder and it's chaotic. Because why? I'm out of order. Boom. And I'm out of order partially because the guy in the pulpit didn't tell me I was. And didn't tell the women, find your place in this marriage, play your role, and quit trying to be the head of the house. We know what would happen if you said that, though, right? Church was empty. So, guys, I'm going to say that. But I'm speaking the truth. I'm all over the place here. I'm all, I'm all over the place. Come on in, uh, Judah. Do we want Myra to pray sin? I Sherry did. Sherry prayed us in the beginning. Good stuff. Hey, um, you, you hit on a really great topic, obviously, this morning, and obviously that is forgiveness. And a lot of people, they can't decipher between what to forgive. Obviously, you can forgive all things. But there's people here that you, you are, you're dealing with relationships, you're dealing with uh, close people nearby, you're dealing with coworkers, you're dealing with you know, your pastor and those types of things. And those are, those are things that uh, God gives us the grace to forgive. But when we deal with pure evil, you know, like, for example, uh, you know, J6, mm-hmm. you know, people who are there, you know, we can forgive those things, but you can't. So when you see evil, those are the things you have to step in and be a man or a woman and say, you know what, I'm going to be in God's kingdom. I'm going to put on that full armor of God, Ephesians 6. I'm going to stand up for righteousness. You know, when coach says those things, it's righteousness that is standing out in front, protecting people from the evil. And it's knowledge and wisdom that is, is granted to people to be able to see the things they need to see to oust that. Mm-hmm. You know, this weekend, someone sent me, again, this weekend was so impactful. Someone mentioned this, and it hit me too. Tom Rentz said something. It reminded me of grace. It reminded me of grace because Tom Rentz said, you know what? He wants revenge. But he said, you know what? I'm not, I'm not able to do revenge. He wants justice. Amen. There's a difference between revenge and justice. Amen. Justice is God's judgment. God taking over. However, Tom's not a, a parked car. And that's where some people in today's Christianity world, they've become parked cars because their pastor is a parked car. 
and they're not leading out with God's armor in front of them. And I love the ability to say, you know what, if it's meant to be, it's up to me because God has given me the eyes to see and the ears to hear to sift out and put Ephesians 5, 11, you know, put light on the darkness. You know, the ability to be able to do that, you know what, there's people, there's generals on the battlefield who are willing to put their life out there. They said this weekend, you know what, I'm willing to take the bullets in the front and take the arrows in the back. It means I'm moving forward. You know what, we need to be able to expose these things and do these things, but do it in love. Do it in the right thing, because you know what, love can be, people don't understand this, but love can be a force that drives out all evil. And you can still accomplish what you need to do while you're moving forward, forgiving, but you're also not hiding in the corner and being a passive wimp about it. You know, John Newton, John Newton wrote Amazing Grace. If you study the man's life, my God, what a warrior for the kingdom. But you know what? The guy stood in battles. He stood up for freedom. He stood up against slavery. He stood up against the British. He stood up against the church that was satanic in its mind. He said, you know what? I give amazing grace. It's such an amazing song. But for those people, he wrote that because of the pressures that he was put under by the adversary, which made him a better man. Mm-hmm. Today, we all know that song because of the battle-tested fire that he went through. You know, just like uh, Nebuchadnezzar, those people were thrown into the furnace. But you know what? God was with them. They didn't stand there and just go, oh, hey, well, you know, God's just going to protect me. No, they, with their mouths, they spoke freedom. They started praying in the spirit. And you know what? God showed up. And that's the thing is every one of us on this call, God is showing up in our lives because we do. We have justice that's coming because we you guys are you guys are like uh you guys have the armor you guys are knights that are out there sharing light and grace and having victory victory's coming victory's coming we love you coach thanks judah uh folks uh i've I've said this before but it's a appropriate time to say it again uh the, the blood of jesus christ uh overcomes, cancels the punishment for sin. Wages of sin is death. The blood of Jesus, through forgiveness, cancels that sentence, okay? Amen. But understand this. Amen. It does does not cancel the consequences. I I could, uh, I use me as an example. I I could use, it doesn't matter who I would use. Dale Socia could go out get drunk tonight and uh, fall into adultery. And a week from now, his wife finds out about it. And Dale is cornered and his wife and his kids are talking to him about it. And he's cornered and he's wrong. And he could do blubbery, blubbery, cry. I'm sorry, sorry, please. I never blah, 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 blah. And he can be forgiven of it but he ain't going to cancel the consequences of it. And we don't understand or we don't teach anymore that sin has consequences. Yes, I forgive you, but there's a price to pay for having done it. Hey, hey, coach, because it was my take. Just treat me like old yeller. Take me out in the woods and shoot me. (laughs) (laughs) 
But see, we, we get in a mess because we, my wife tells me she's sorry. And she is, she forgives me. But it doesn't, it doesn't cancel the consequences of how she felt when I did that. You understand? That's why sin, that's why the Ten Commandments are so important. They're protective. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't covet. Because when you do those things, they impact other people. Can you be forgiven? Yes, you can be forgiven. But there's consequences to what you've done. And more than anything in America, we're teaching a Christianity without consequences. Amen. Boom. We teach a forgiveness. Boom. Right? Teach a forgiveness. And I don't know. I've, I've never been. I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could forgive my wife for going out on me. I mean, I would. I would say, well, I love her. Yeah, I would. I'd never trust her again. I'd never trust her again. So I think a lot of times we confuse those two. Right? Yes, I forgive you, but there's a price to pay. That's called justice. You are guilty and forgiven, but you got to do some time. Joe Allen, come on in. Coach, I always think about how strengthen our, our group here, and I always consider us as family. And I know anytime we go up Ohio, we've got a bed there at coaches. Mm-hmm. Or if we go to an event or anything like that. And if you have the capability, we ought to reach out to our family that we're here in uh, past Salt Light. If you're traveling, we know, I know if I go to Texas, I probably could stay at Chad Essence or me in South Carolina. I know I got a bed open for anybody in here. So these are one of the ways we can, we can strengthen our family mm-hmm. as, as well as our uh, conference that we have. Amen. So open, Amen. open your hearts up. Don't, don't, don't have hatred towards what people say or their feelings they have in this group. Joseph, here's what I, here's what I say. I don't know if Tom Gill's listening right now. He, he would know what my answer would be. When I do something nice for people, and uh, they're grateful, and they really thank it. They really thank me. You know what I say to them? You'd do it for me, wouldn't you? Come on, isn't that where it is? I say thanks. You'd do it for me, wouldn't you? Hey, if, if Mike McKee, if I needed 50 bucks, would you give it to me? You asked me for 50 bucks, would I give it to you? Well, you'd do it for me, wouldn't you? That, that's that's the attitude that we have to have with with restraints now, right? I'm not going to give it to you if you're going to go out and blow gambling. I'm not going to give you 50 bucks. There are restrictions to it, right? But you'd do it for me, wouldn't you? We have to we have to have that mindset. Emma, come on in. <clears throat> if if we don't forgive, then Christ can't forgive us. And so mm-hmm. that that's just one part of it. You know, the other part is realizing I don't have the relationship with that with those folks I used to have never will be restored because 
they did something really, really big that really, really hurt me. But, but I, it's not on me. It's not on me. No. The forgiveness is what frees me <clears throat> to be, uh, to be so free. Because Emma, look, look, let's say my, I'm, I'm, this would never happen. My wife goes out on me with one of my best friends, let's say. Do you think I want to be around him? I can forgive him. But if I'm around him, every time I'm around him, that wound gets picked, right? Yes. So, so there's a difference between forgiving and forgetting, right? I right. forgive you as much as I'm able to, Lord. I forgive him. But Lord, I don't, I don't want to be around him. Yeah, yep. exactly right. Exactly right. Those relationships sometimes cannot ever be mended. That's so, the consequences of the sin, isn't it? Right, exactly. But the forgiveness is still there, and you just go on trusting mm. that God will do the vengeance part. God Amen. will do the part. So check your heart, folks, and see if, see, I mean, really, it's hard to do. Uh, uh, check your heart. When you find yourself angry, ask yourself, why, why am I mad? Why am I mad? And I bet it has something to do with the past. Myra, then Mike. Yes, coach. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for the message today. I needed to hear that. And thank you, Judah, in regard to grace, you can preach. So um, Holy Spirit always reminds me of Second Corinthians twelve nine, And he say unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most godly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Hallelujah. Amen, man. Swallow it. Swallow that anger. Swallow that resentment. Don't let it control you. Stop bleeding on me. Mike, is Mike next? Is that what I said? I'm sorry. Hey, yeah, hang, yeah, hang on a second. I'm going to start using that. Hey, Clay, you're bleeding. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, Coach. Uh, back in 2008, I met uh, someone. I don't know how you feel about it these days, but I met Pastor Chuck Baldwin uh, in person at the John Birch Society 50th anniversary in, uh, up in uh, Wisconsin. But anyway... And I met him two two or three times afterward. I used to follow him all the time until he moved from Florida to Minnesota. And then one time I used to get his emails every day. And I first I used to read him on uh, News with Views, just like you and others. Uh, I can't. One of the, my favorites is the guy that knows everything about the Second Amendment. He's from I can't remember his name, but anyway, Chuck Baldwin. Uh, I think it was 2020, when he rated George Soros higher than President Trump, that's when I just stopped getting his emails because he lost as far as, I mean, you know, I like President Trump and if others don't, that's their right in business. But if if President Trump is worse than George Soros, I've got a bridge in, you know, somewhere I'd like to stay. You gotta check the fruit for sure. Gotta check the fruit. Hey, Mike, real quickly, don't you want to, folks, buy silver, buy silver. Come on in, Clay. How much should we forgive someone? 70 yeah, times am- seven. 70 yeah, times same, seven. The same amount that we that we want to be forgiven for our sins. And one thing that some people do is they 
they forgive people, but they don't tell people they're sorry. And some mm. of us need to hear, I'm sorry from, That's and it right. makes it easier for us to be able to forgive. So, Amen. Try to be so, humble and apologize. So to 70 times hurt. seven, Clay, is an illustration of just continually. <laughs> that's what it means. Amen, right? amen. And every time it comes up, forgive it again. Just forgive it again. Because don't ever forget this, folks. <clears throat> Unforgiveness, it eats away at you, not the person you're mad at. They don't even know. Roger, come mm-hmm. on. Yeah, Coach. Uh you know, when the three Hebrew children came out of the fiery furnace, it says that they didn't even have the smell of the smoke. Yep. <laughs> and I, I, in, in my days in the church, I mean, there were people that went through situations and you never heard the smell of the smoke. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anything over. So we have to ask the Lord to deliver us from the smoke. You know? Amen. Amen. Stop bleeding, right? Good, good illustration, Roger. Dave Allison, come on in. Yeah, Coach, a great uh, program this morning. Um, you know, when Christ was crucified, he, he said, look at, and he said, the Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. So here these people are crucifying Christ, and he found it in his heart. So, you know, i got to forgive these guys. And, Coach, you're right. I, I've, I've been on this earth long enough. I've, I've been through some stuff. I've been married. We've been married like 45 years this May. We've been through some stuff in our marriage. And I want to tell you, that the power of forgiveness will overcome any obstacle that you face in your life. And that you've probably heard the stories of people who have gone to prison and faced the person that killed their loved one. They knew that if they were ever going to get free from that, they had to go and face the enemy and look them in the eye and forgive them and say, I forgive you. And then, then that person, they really, there is a frame. So I, I don't doubt what you're saying. In fact, some of the things that were perpetrated, they stoned people because they knew how destructive it was to society, to people, right? And so they just, well, we're going to stone you and get rid of it. But yet at the end of the day, the grace of Christ offers goes really deep. And there's truly, if you're, uh, you know, it's a freeing and that forgiveness and facing the person that committed that offense against you. And you'll be a greater person at the end of the day. Amen. <clears throat> Quit picking the scabs. Stop bleeding on me. Julie, come on in. Great show, Coach. Thank you. Um, I had a friend, a close friend. Her mother died of cancer because of unforgiveness. It was so sad. Uh, I believe that, but I want to ask you this. Excuse me. How many of you won't forgive God? Boom, Vinny. Boom. Oh, you think you do. You don't trust him. You don't really, really forgive him. Hmm? Oh, yeah. Where were you, Lord? Where Where were you when I, why'd you let that happen to me? Huh? Huh? Amen. Amen. Oh, uh, what was I? Uh, I want to, fi- I want to finish up something good. All right. Let me let me pull that up here for you real quick. Pull up uh uh Ted Nugent. <laughs> pull up Ted Nugent. Oh, this is great. Huh? How long is that? It's five minutes. It's gonna take us to the it's take us to the end of the show. Play it at 1.5 speed, if you will. Huh? I, I love guys like I love guys like this, right? Straight talkers. It's got me in trouble more times than I want because I don't always because I say what I mean. 
This is really good. Go ahead and play Ted Nugent. This is at a Waco event with Donald Trump this last weekend. Who are victims of jackbooted thugs by Uncle Sam who, who defy their oath to the Constitution and arrest Hang on, start it again, Vinny. Uh, uh, not Vinny. Start it again and tune it, turn it up if you can. I couldn't really hear it. The political prisoners in, in Washington, D.C. Who are victims of jackbooted thugs by Uncle Sam who, who defy their oath to the Constitution and arrest Americans and do not allow their constitutional rights. A moment of silence for the political prisoners and the bootlegs of Washington, D.C. because of jackbooted thugs in our own government. I'm a guitar player. I have a couple demands. Secure my border! I have a couple really good ideas. Give me my tax dollars back! I didn't authorize killing babies at Planned Parenthood. I want my tax dollars back! I want my tax dollars back! I didn't authorize giving our military hardware to the Taliban. I want my money back! I want my money back! I didn't authorize any money to Ukraine to some homosexual weirdo. I want my money back! I want my freedom back! Hey, here's an idea. You might want to write this down. I'm a free man. Men don't give me my rights. God gives me my rights. And I don't need a man to give me paperwork for my First Amendment. I don't need a permit or a license for my First Amendment. My First Amendment is good while I'm alive, walking planet Earth, without a permit! And here's a wild one. You know how radical I am? I, I experiment in self-government. How radical, huh? Here's another one. I have a First Amendment without a license, without a permit. I have a Second Amendment without a license or a permit. And it's good on planet Earth. Keep means it's mine. You can't have it. Bear means I... Well, I had a couple on me a minute ago. But I typically... Oh, by the way, another prayer for the snipers on the roof. I love those guys. Huh? Let's have a prayer for all law enforcement heroes that obey their oath to the Constitution, not the FBI that violate their oath to the Constitution. Okay, you can cut it off. You get it, right? You get it. You get it. Yeah. Live free or die. Live free or die. Man up. Man up. Jamie Farrell, come on in. How's Joe doing? Got her he's hand still, up. You... He's still in rehab. But he's coming along a little bit. Is he is, is he is he able to listen to us at all, Jamie? Yes, but he doesn't want you all to see him like he is. I understand that. I understand that. No worries, Joe. We love you. Yeah, we love you, Joe. And, and uh it's good to good to know that he's hearing us and good to know that he's part of it. And we're glad he's not dead and uh, he's going to get back you know, back on his feet. Lord, I just pray right now for Joe. We thank you for him, Lord. We ask that you would just do a miracle, Lord, and you would top it, touch him from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. That you would do what even the doctors say can't be done. And get that old silver-voiced angel back up and functioning again. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you, Joe. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Hug him for us, uh, if you will. I will. Give him a a big hug for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Hey, hey, come on now. Let's bone up. Let's forgive. Don't have to forget. Don't have to be best friends. But stop carrying that poison. Stop bleeding on others.
See you tomorrow. Amen.